Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A quiz of ice and fire. Hello there, listeners. Thanks for joining us today, and it's time for another Quiz of Ice and Fire. I'm Lady Guinevere, and today I'm bringing you our 15th trivia quiz. And as always, thanks to our generous patrons for their continued support, which unlocked this bonus feature for everyone. And speaking of unlocking features, I want to mention that this month we'll be releasing our second patron-exclusive episode. This one is on the Arthurian influences of Song of Ice and Fire. And so if you're interested in that or in our other patron-exclusive on the Varamir prologue, head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Radio Westeros to find out how you can join and receive over three hours of bonus content. And today in Yoke Boy's absence for this episode, I'm very happy to welcome back Tara, the Queen Regent of Ice and Fire Con, the fan convention dedicated to A Song of Ice and Fire and Game of Thrones, held annually in April and now this year in its seventh year, Welcome back to Radio Westeros, Tara. Yeah, thanks for thanks for having me back. I'm excited to be with you guys again. Well, it is great to have you, and we are uh, both of us are looking forward to seeing you in April in Ohio. Yeah, yeah, it's, I'm really excited to finally get to meet Yoke Boy. Yeah. <laughs> we finally got him over here uh, permanently, and so yeah, we will both be there. Uh, you guys have just released the convention programming schedule, mm-hmm. and there is so much awesome programming in store for us this year. Yeah, yeah. Really it's uh, I, I've already had a few people make comments about, you know, oh, like, the only problem is there's so much going on. It's like... <sighs> Well, <laughs> yeah, that's a good problem to have. But definitely there are days when I'm like, oh, yeah, I would like to do, you know, multiple things at the same time. There aren't two of me, so I'll have to choose. But Yeah, we, we do have a couple, you know, um, a couple time periods where, you know, there's only one thing going on. But I think it's like twice a day at most this year, which is a lot less than previous mm-hmm. years. So... Um, I will be uh, sitting on two panels and doing a presentation and there's a couple of meetups and obviously really looking forward to a lot of the other things like the Faceless Man game, (laughs) which, you know, um, I felt like last year I was doing really well um, for about 
10 hours. <laughs> I thought I was going to dominate and then it just all <laughs> went downhill pretty quickly for me, but it was still fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, the, the previous year, um, or shoot, actually, no, it was the year before. It was 2016, uh, so it was several years ago now. The power went out, and there was, like, a killing spree in the Faceless Man game. I, I think, like, half the people died. In, and, and the game had literally just started um, maybe 30 minutes or so at most before the power went out. So there were a lot of people that got taken out really quick. Um, <laughs> I hear tell that there may be some... Uh, revamping of the game going on this year for this year. Um, it, it's still going to be faceless men, but there might be like a like a theme or something to it, possibly. So cool. Well, look forward to hearing about that um, and more about the convention. So, listeners, if uh, you are planning to come to Ice and FireCon and you don't have your tickets yet, make sure that you get them soon. Tara, tell us your website. It's um, iceandfirecon.com. Uh, and then it, it really, if you just want to go directly to the store, uh, it's iceandfirecon.com back uh, slash store. Um, but uh, yeah, they're, and the tickets, they're, they're $90 each before any discount codes or whatever uh, through the end of this month. But then on March 1st, they do go up to $100. So yeah. Okay. So do it quickly if you're uh, if you're on the fence and you're, uh, you know, planning to go. Get them this month and use the code radio R A D I O for five dollars off. So, all right. Um, now I think it's time we get started with this quiz. If uh, you guys are keeping score, get your pen and paper handy, or however you keep track. We have 15 questions. Today's topic is, once again, characters. This is our fourth venture into this huge world of characters. Uh, as always, we're going to be looking for both major and minor characters, and all the answers can be found in the main series. So get ready. See how many you can score. Remember, we love to hear your scores on social media, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, on our Patreon page, and so on. Uh, let us know. And now let's get started and we'll go over to Tara for question one. All right. Which character was present at the tourney of Harrenhal taking part in the melee held a drinking contest with Sir Richard Lonmouth and won, but then failed to unmask the mystery knight known as the Knight of the Laughing Tree? Okay. Question two. Allegedly found in a Lysine pillow house, which character went on to become the second wife of the Pentoshi cheesemonger Illyrio Mopatis? As the big man tells it, she caught the Grey Plague, which is a swifter form of grayscale, and died, leaving behind just her picture and a pair of stone hands. All right, uh... The third question is, which foolish companion is rumored to have once killed a man for not laughing at his jakes? Question four. Which member of Ned Stark's sortie who fought against three Kingsguard at the Tower of Joy was remembered as faithful and hailed from a northern mountain clan? 
Oh, that one's hard. <laughs> All right. Uh, question number five. Which son of Tormund Giantsbane could have put up a fight when Longspear Rick came to steal his sister Munda, but instead slept through the action? Okay, so Tormund's son. Now, uh, question six is, which Ironborn who put himself forward at the king's mood favors fighting with a monstrous hammer, although his age, weight, and general immobility prevent his involvement in too much action? That one I actually... uh... I actually would be able to guess that one, I think. I don't want to say anything, though. I don't want to give it away. <laughs> the King's Mood, there were a lot of people at the King's Mood, uh, but some of them stand out more than others. All right. Uh, question number seven is, which Archmaester of the Citadel boasts a ring, rod, and mask of black iron for his expertise in Ravencraft, but in spite of this, his abilities as a maester are greatly diminished due to the fact that he's lost his wits? Witless Maester. (laughs) All right. Question eight. Which large-eared character who wears an ermine mantle is locked in a loveless marriage but has found a new faith to occupy herself with? You know, I forgot that this person has or wore an ermine mantle. Um, I feel like that's one of those kind of medieval things where kings and queens and everybody like uh, and, and noblemen like wore them all the time. But they're not mentioned as much as you would think in this series because they were very popular. Uh, yeah, as a symbol of royalty, right? Well, yeah, because I mean, to to make them, you need to kill a lot of ermines. They're very tiny animals. They're little weasels. Yeah. So you got right. the ones that have all the black spot, you know, they when they have a bunch of black spots on the cape, every single one of those is the tail of an ermine. <laughs> right, right. So imagine, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> so many ermines. <laughs> Okay, um, question number nine. Which character named for his watery eyes becomes feared for cutting out the eyes of his adversaries? Ooh, we didn't even give a clue as to where he is. So, hmm, that might be tough. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have guessed this based on the question at all. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, well, good luck, folks. (laughs) Question 10. Uh, Here's another one that tends to be a stumper. The Kettleblacks. The Kettleblack brothers do have a history of stumping people, myself included. (laughs) But uh, we always keep coming back to them as we're very unkind. But now we want to know who's their father. Beware, because his name really sounds just like (laughs) his son's. All right, uh, question number 11. Which character is captain of the guards at the Eyrie and the man chosen to fight at Tyrion's trial by combat there? Yeah, can you remember that? Seems like so long ago. <laughs> yes, it really does. And I don't even know if, you know, if they name him in the show, really. Uh, but, you know, and, and even in the books, he's kind of a, he's there he's- and... He's, he's there not. and gone, and yeah, I think in the in the show he's probably one of those characters that has a name, but probably if you're just watching the show, you would never know that he mm-hmm. is who he is. 
So now, um, once once again, going into evil territory, we're going to Marine. <laughs> Which Giscari character is a captain of the Stormcrow's sellsword company? That is, until his fellow captain, Dario Naharis, kills him and their third, Salar the Bald, and brings the Stormcrow's over to the side of Daenerys Targaryen. So we're looking for the Giscari uh, captain, who was one of the original three Stormcrows. Uh, which, you know, good luck with Giscari names. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> to throw one of these names in every time. All right. Uh, question number 13. Which member of the King's Guard, known to have served Robert and Joffrey, broke his King's Guard vows by meeting a draper's wife in King's Landing while her husband was away? Yeah. This guy, again, kind of like the guy in your last question, there and gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can you remember which one we are looking for? I mean, honestly, based on this question, I, I would not have remembered. No. Um. <laughs> Tricky. Tricky. So let's see what you all come up with for that one. Question 14 now is, which character was named for an animal with excellent climbing skills. She puts these skills to good use when she infiltrates Winterfell with Mance Raider as a washerwoman. She's ultimately the one chosen to switch clothes with Jane Poole and climb out the window so that Jane can escape wearing her gray outfit. Which animal or person's name are we looking for? All right, uh, question number 15, which is the last one. Which character was the sister wife of Ares II and the mother of the mother of dragons? <laughs> okay, so hopefully we've redeemed ourselves for the uh, Giscari question with one maybe a softball there anyways those are the 15 questions uh we will be right back after this with the answers when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at blue you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, and we are back now, and time for some answers. 
Uh, we'll recap the questions and then run through the answers for you. All right. So uh, the first question was, which character was present at the tourney of Hall? took part in the melee, had a drinking contest with Sir Richard Lonmouth, and won that, but then unfailed to unmask the mystery knight, uh, as known as the Knight of the Laughing Tree. And the answer is Robert Baratheon. That's right. Uh, I hope you got that one. Or um, if you didn't, uh, here's a quote from Mira Reed's account of the tourney of Harrenhal, where she refers to characters by their nicknames or sigils. The Storm Lord drank down the night of skulls and kisses in a wine cup war. So, of course, Robert is the Storm Lord, and Richard Lonmouth, who was Rhaegar's squire once upon a time, is the knight of skulls and kisses. And in case you don't know our juicy theory on Richard Lonmouth... Check out Radio Westeros, Episode 9, all about the Brotherhood Without Banners, and see what we have to say about him. And of course, it was Robert who was in the drinking contest, you know? <laughs> yes, of course. Robert, the thirsty boy. I mean, who would have guessed, right? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that should have been enough of a hint, really. Um, okay, so question two had to do with a character who was the second wife of Illyrio Mopatis. She died of the Grey Plague and um, left behind nothing but her stone hands and her picture in a locket. And it was Sarah. Yeah, um, I mean, it, it, if you if you want to you know quote about her, uh, Illyria says that uh, I found her in a Lasani pillow house and brought her home to warm my bed. But in the end, I wed her, me whose first wife had been a cousin of the Prince of Pentos. The palace gates were closed to me thereafter, but I did not care. The price was small enough for Sarah. Uh, the fact that he kept the hands is a a bit odd to me. I I was under the impression that when somebody had like grayscale or the gray plague, you weren't supposed to touch them. But I guess maybe once they've died, it doesn't matter anymore. I, I honestly didn't know that. I don't know what to make of that. I, I thought, I think the first time I read it, I thought it was, you know, like a, a mold of her hands. Yeah, or carving. But like, but I think he literally says, I keep her hands in my bedchamber. So um, <laughs> oh, Illyrio. very strange. Illyrio. Let's just hope they're not actually, you know, contagious. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to guess that there's something, maybe there's something about once the person is, you know, once there's no life to them, it can't yeah. be passed on somehow, but still creepy. Ugh. Still creepy, yes. Yeah. All right, uh, question number three was a short one. Which foolish companion is rumored to have once killed a man for not laughing at his japes? And the answer to that is Shagwell. Uh, yep, Shagwell. Uh, foolish because he is in fact a fool. Uh, and a companion because he's a member of the Brave Companions. And remember that he well earns his death out on the Whispers um, at the sword of, or the hands of Brienne of Tarth. But it is in Arya 9 in A Clash of Kings that we actually hear this rumor that he murdered a man for not finding him funny. And knowing the brave companions, it is not hard to believe that at all. 
So, um, okay, question four, maybe a little challenging. Which member of um, Ned's group at the Tower of Joy was remembered as faithful and came from one of the Northern Mountain clans? And that was uh, Theo Wool. And I, I honestly am not sure if he's even ever mentioned outside of Ned's fever dream. Uh, and even then it's very brief. The The passage says, he dreamt an old dream of three knights in white cloaks in a tower long fallen and Liana in her bed of blood. In the dream, his friends rode with him as they had in life. Proud Martin Cassell, Jory's father, faithful Theo Wool, Ethan Glover, who had been Brandon's squire, Sir Mark Riswell, soft of speech and gentle of heart, the Cranigman, Howland Reed, Lord Dustin on his great red stallion. Yep, he's mentioned that once and then... Um... One more time in the entire canon. So <laughs> so if you got that, very good for you. <laughs> I feel like uh, you guys writing these questions is how we write our trivia questions for the trivia game at the convention. <laughs> <laughs> we try to be f- fair, but then, you know, you have to challenge people, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So... You know, and sometimes you have to be a little bit evil, like when you dip into those Giscari names. <laughs> uh, okay, so question number five uh, Which son of Tormund Giants Bane could have put up a fight when Longspear Rick came to steal his sister, but he actually slept through the whole thing instead? And his name was Toreg. Yeah, Toreg. And I think that. Tormund has uh, more than one son, and they all kind of start with Tor. So um, if you got Toreg, very good for you. Tall Toreg, he's called, is actually his father's right-hand man in A Dance with Dragons. And he might have plans to steal a woman of his own, because it seems like he's developed quite a liking for Dallas' sister Val. Yeah, good luck with that, Tor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he might have to console himself with just making eyes at her or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, question six was, which Ironborn who put himself forward at the King's Moot um, favors fighting with that giant hammer, although he's so old and enormous that he actually can't hardly lift it if i recall correctly and the answer is eric Ironmaker. yeah he's um 22 stone and 88 years old he's carried around on i, I believe like a litter and uh, by the end of dance of dragons he's actually married to asha Greyjoy, which i'm sure he's super happy about but she on the other hand not so much uh you know you're in kind of forced her hand and she wasn't even there uh so that's that's a real thing that's a thing that really happened but i can't imagine that asha is really going to be putting up with it you know if or when she ever gets back to the iron islands no i I can't see her going back there and um you know since it's technically not official until it's consummated uh yeah I don't think we'll be seeing that, uh, especially in light of his age and her current situation. So I guess we'll have to see. 
All right. Question number seven is which Archmaester of the Citadel boasts a ring, rod, and mask of black iron for his expertise in Ravencraft, but uh, he doesn't really do much around the Citadel anymore because he's completely lost his mind, uh, pretty much. And that is uh, Maester Walgrave. That's right. We learn about Walgrave in the A Feast for Crows prologue. Uh, Pate is um, the one who serves him. Here are his thoughts on the old man. He thinks, if he remembers who I am today, Archmaester Walgrave had no trouble telling one raven from another, but he wasn't so good with people. Some days he seemed to think Pate was someone named Cresson. There's a nice kind of link between the prologues of um, Feast and Clash right there. The mention of Crescent. Apparently maybe served uh, Walgrave in the same capacity as Pate at some point in the past. Which is crazy because Crescent wasn't young either. So how old is Walgrave? I'm, sh- I'm sure there there might be a, a pr- approximate birth year for him on the wiki of Ice and Fire or whatever. But There's got to be like... He's got to be ancient. Yeah. That's right. Crescent was very old. So, um, yeah. I guess it's no wonder Walgrave is kind of bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> Poor old dude. Okay. And that brings us to question eight, which had to do with a large-eared character wearing an ermine mantle, locked in a loveless marriage, but uh, keeping herself very busy with a newfound faith. And the answer is Celise Baratheon. Yeah, uh, we he- I feel like we hear about her ears quite a bit. Um, they are definitely a Florent thing because there are several other Florent- members of the Florent family that we meet who, you know, they also mention their, their ears. Um, but she, you know, despite having a cold relationship with Stannis, she warms up quite a bit to Melisandre and the Lord of Light. She has a faction named after her, uh, Stannis, you know, the people in his ranks who follow uh, Melisandre and the Red God are called the Queen's Men. And uh, here's a passage that talks about what she and the Queen's Men are up to during a clash of kings. Dragonstone Sept had been where Aegon the Conqueror knelt to pray the night before he sailed. That had not saved it from the Queen's men. They had overturned the altars, pulled down the statues, and smashed the stained glass with war hammers. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> Very rude. Yes. Um, they're just as rude in A Dance with Dragons um, up at the wall. So, you know, we're, we'll see what happens after... Um, what's going on at Castle Black at the end of Dance. We might be a little concerned for what's going to happen to Solis, but I guess we'll have to wait and see. Hopefully not too much longer. (laughs) You said it. (laughs) I'm I'm being hopeful, not saying anything bad. Um, Okay, question number nine. Uh, Which character who was named for his watery eyes was... Yeah, people feared him because he apparently cut out the eyes of his adversaries. And that is the Weeper, which I honestly would have guessed someone in the Brave Companions. So Mm -hmm. I realized that, you know, part of the clue did not say where this fellow would be found. And of course, he's a wildling. 
Um, maybe that would have given it away, though. Uh, in, in this case, his adversaries, of course, are the Night's Watch, because he's a wildling. And here's what uh, Mance Raider has to say about the Weeper in A Dance with Dragons. Cutting out the eyes? That's the Weeper's work. The best crow's a blind crow, he likes to say. Sometimes I think he'd like to cut out his own eyes, the way they're always watering and itching. Snow's been assuming the free folk would turn to Tormund to lead them, because that's what he would do. He liked Tormund, and the old fraud liked him too. If it's the Weeper, though, that's not good. Not for him, and not for us. So, he's an unpleasant wildling. <laughs> <laughs> well, there are quite a few of those. There are. Well, maybe they all kind of blend together to me. Um, and maybe some of you as well. Speaking of people who blend together, <laughs> the Kettle Blacks. Uh, this time, question 10, we wanted to know the name of the Kettle Black father. And the father is Oswell. Yeah, we don't really know much about him. He definitely has some, you know, long-term ties with Littlefinger. And of course he is the person who hires the dwarf jousters, Penny and Oppo at the purple wedding, and then waits for Dantes and Sansa on a skiff in Blackwater Bay to take them out to the Merlin King, Littlefinger's ship. Um, Question number 11 is which character is the captain of the guards at the Eyrie? And he is the person who fights at Tyrion's trial by combat against Ron, And that is Sir Vardis Egan. Yeah, that's right. Vardis Egan. He was there and then he was gone uh, out the moon door, I believe. Eventually, uh, he, he did lose that trial to Bronn and we got a, a good description of him at the beginning of their fight, which I kind of like it for his very elaborate armor. So Sir Vardis Egan was in steel from head to heel encased in heavy plate armor over mail and padded surcoat, large circular rondelles enameled cream and blue in the moon and falcon sigil of House Aaron protected the vulnerable juncture of arm and breast. A skirt of lobstered metal covered him from waist to mid-thigh while a solid gorget encircled his throat. Falcon's wings sprouted from the temples of his helm and his visor was a pointed metal beak with a narrow slit for vision." And remember that Bronn made the most of that <laughs> very elaborate armor. <laughs> I think, was he just wearing boiled leather? <laughs> or yes, maybe a little yeah. male, but... <laughs> uh, I feel like this This is a, this is like a, a one-on-one trial by combat. Not a huge crowd of people are watching. You don't need to look like you're going, you know, to compete in a melee or a joust. Yeah, no, it was a little over the top. Uh, and he clearly... Just thought he was going to have an easy time of it, but or just maybe he didn't have his everyday armor with him at the area. Uh Maybe, maybe that's true. And remember that he actually fought with um, John Aaron's sword. And I remember in Catelyn's point of view, she thought mm, that was probably a mistake because when you're fighting for your life, it's probably best to just use your own sword that you're comfortable with. So. Anyways, lots of mistakes by Vardis Egan, and he exited the plot pretty early. So, uh, on to question 12. 
which was the Giscari question. Uh, what one of the three original captains of the Stormcrows. You had Dario Naharis, Salor the Bald, and this guy, Prendal Nagezin. Well, and, and I mean, I can, you can't really fault Dario for getting rid of the other two captains because what Cellstar company needs three captains? I mean, it's so much easier to just have one. <laughs> Uh, but when, when Dario brings Danny these gifts to prove his new allegiance, he says, Khaleesi, I bring gifts and glad tidings. The storm crows are yours. A golden tooth gleamed in his mouth when he smiled. And so is Dario Naharis. Danny was dubious. If this Tyroshi had come to spy, this declaration might be no more than a desperate plot to save his head. What do Prendal, Nagezin, and Salar say of this? Little. Dario upended the sack, and the heads of Salar the Bald and Prendal Nagezin spilled out upon her carpets. My gifts to the Dragon Queen. Some pretty grisly gifts. <laughs> Very grisly. Um, I remember really liking that scene uh, in the show. Um, I don't know why. Just the bag of heads, really. <laughs> well, and it's also nice when they do something, <laughs> when they do things in the show that are actually, you know close or right. exact to what we read in the books. You know, you see it and you're like, okay, yeah, I picture it being like this. Cool. Yes, there we go. And I think if I remember, that was the original Dario, who was my preferred Dario. Yes, yes, it was. Oh, All well. right. <laughs> uh, question number 13. Which member of the Kingsguard served Robert and Joffrey and broke his Kingsguard vows by meeting a draper's wife in King's Landing while her husband was away? And that would be Preston Greenfield. Yeah, another one. Uh, come and gone pretty quickly early in the plot. Uh, he was undone by the mad mob during the bread riots in A Clash of Kings. But we actually learn about his vow breaking via Eris Oakhart in A Feast for Crows while Eris is breaking his own vows with Ariane Martel and being quite angsty about it. <laughs> yeah, so even though Preston was gone since, you know, Clash of Kings, he is brought back, you know, two books later. Yeah, so. he's brought back in discussion as, you know, Eris is, I guess, trying to justify what he's doing or... I don't know. Poor Ares. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if there's something about all of these uh, vows of, of celibacy that don't seem to go over all that well. No, they're, for the most part, you know, destined to fail, I guess. Um, so, all right. Well, question 14, a character uh, named for an animal that has excellent climbing skills. She's one of the washerwomen who was chosen to switch clothes with Jane Poole and climb out from the window of Jane's tower room at Winterfell so that Jane could be smuggled out in her gray clothes. And the spearwife's name is Squirrel. Uh, and, and of course, you know, we find out by the end of Dance of Dragons uh, from the pink letter that supposedly Mance has been captured and the uh, sphere wives were all flayed and Mance is wearing their skins, including squirrels, which, ugh. but uh, maybe we'll find out that's not quite the case. 
I hope. Hopefully. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope. <sighs> All right. And uh, last but not least, which character was the sister wife of the Mad King, uh, making her the mother of the mother of dragons, Danny? And that is Rayella Targaryen. Uh, that's right. Now, given her position as a former queen, we actually hear very little about Rayala in the course of five books. And even in the histories, not much is said about her as a person. Uh, but check out our episode on prophecies. That's episode 21. If you want to hear our crackpot about what she might be up to now. Yes, you heard me. <laughs> <laughs> what she might be up to now. Or come and see me at Ice and Firecon, uh, where I just might be cosplaying Rayella as she is now. Hint, hint, not exactly good. <laughs> so anyways, that's just our fun crackpot. Anyways, regardless of that, she had a very sad life, uh, shortened by Daenerys's birth. Uh, she died in childbirth. And Danny recalls with sadness how Viserys eventually had to sell her crown for them to survive. It says, when Viserys sold their mother's crown, the last joy had gone from him, leaving only rage. Oh, Viserys. You know, I like I feel I feel bad for who he probably was before, you know, he just lost those last vestiges of his life before. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think um well with lines like that and other things that you learn about him, I mean George does a really good job of making us feel sorry for Viserys. I mean, he also had a very sad life. So, uh, and a sad ending. And speaking of endings, <laughs> that is our ending. Uh, we are through with our 15 questions. Uh, let us know how you did. Um, and Tara, thank you so much for joining us. Um, it's great to have you back with us. Uh, we will be seeing you soon. Uh, how long is it now? Uh, gosh, it's like just under three months. It, 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 you know, it's the convention officially starts on Thursday, April 25th. Um, I, I actually am sad that the three month mark came and went and I didn't make a big to do, uh, about it. Even, even on like my personal, Twitter and everything. I, I just it kind of came and went. And then, you know, the first of February showed up and I was like, oh, crap, Ice and Firecom will be over in less than three months. So, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Well, uh, that's good because, you know, that means spring is on the way too. And um, it was 65 degrees here in New England today, February 5th. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so I was thinking about spring and thinking about Ice and Firecon because... Well, let's hope that it's that warm at Ice Empire Con this year. It was a little chilly last year. Yeah, it was um, kind of like hit or miss. We had good, like one day was good, I think. And then it was 
little chilly one day. Yeah, yeah I, I want to say Friday was was nice. It was very sunny, but it was still chilly. And then Saturday was cold, cold. Um, but we do, weirdly enough, uh, we have this every other year thing where uh, odd years are in the past have always been warm. And even years have always been cold. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed that that continues this year. Yeah, me too. I'm ready for some warmth. So, <laughs> Okay, so um, yeah, just uh, head on over to iceandfirecon.com to get your uh, weekend passes if you haven't already. And um, thanks again, Tara, for being with us. And... Thank you all for listening. Uh, Once again, let us know how you did. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Patreon, YouTube, however, send us a smoke signal. Let us know. We love hearing from you. And very soon, we'll be back with a regular episode. And don't forget to check out our Patreon if you're interested in those exclusive episodes, including the new one. That will be coming out this month. So that's all for now. Uh, We will see you again real soon. Bye-bye. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.